Hi, I'm Miriam. I'm Arielle. And you're listening to 7 Minutes in Heaven. The sex news podcast by sluts. For sluts. Today we're talking about watching porn with your partner. Our favorite show, Pen15. And we interview our polyamorous friend. We also answer a question from a listener about what to do when you don't feel chemistry with the person you're dating. That guy who I said I didn't like his jeans in the Tinder profile, the Fumble oh, profile. Oh, yeah. So I went on a date with him on Friday night. It was after my Shabbat, so I was, like, pretty drunk. And then he bought a bottle of wine for us to split. And then I ended up getting into, like, a heated conversation with him about Israeli politics because he had just come back from Ooh, living in Israel for three years. So I was, like, drunkenly, like, <laughs> fuck Netanyahu. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to his place. It is... I could tell that he's insanely wealthy. Mm. Um, and then, you know, we're making out, whatever. We, like, smoke a joint, which was cool. Um, and then I give him head for, like, a minute, and he immediately busts. <gasps> and then in the morning, he, we're, like, snuggling, which is, like, weird, but, like, whatever. Cute. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, do you want to have sex? So he was like, yeah. Because I... I thought, okay, last night kind of sucked. Let's see if maybe he's good at sex. And he puts it in me and, like, can't pump at all because he's like, oh, shit, I'm about to come. Whoa. So he's inside me and, and moves, like, like half an inch. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm taking his virginity right now. And then he just Damn. came. It was so crazy. I don't have a problem with people coming really quickly as long as they make sure that I come too. Yeah, and I didn't at all. Oh, I told him. Maybe I was. I had the confidence because I was so drunk. But I was like, okay, listen, I like it rough. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the second thing was that I said, but I was like, and I can only come if you eat me out. And he was like, okay. And then he didn't eat me out. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, he texted me today. I'm like, really? It wasn't it obvious that this is not going to work out. You could tell him, like, I told you the only way I come is if you eat me out, and you didn't eat me out, so you clearly don't care about my orgasm. Oh my god, should I say that? Yeah. <laughs> How else is he gonna learn? <laughs> okay, well, that's not what I said. You could be first. nicer about it. I, I was, <laughs> if he asked me to hang out again, mm. if he asked me to, then I'll respond with that, and then I'll follow up. Well, I can tell you a sexy thing I did this week. Okay. Um, so I often will work out in like my bra and high-waisted leggings at the gym because yeah. there's all these really hot skinny yoga bitches and their crop tops and their yoga pants and I'm like I can do it too even though I'm chubby but I went to bar class on Saturday or Friday it doesn't matter either way I was wearing a very high bra so it didn't cover that much. Mm-hmm. And then very low bottoms. Ooh. And I worked out in my bra and my bottoms, and my belly was out. And I even got some dirty looks. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, this, there was this one bitch. She had a neck tattoo. She would... Okay. The instructor was like, everyone give each other high fives. And I was at the very end of the room, so she was the only person I could turn to. So I turned mm-hmm. to her to give her a high five, and she didn't give me That's a high so five. That's so fucked up. You should I report know. her. But I still felt sexy, even though, like, my belly Good was out. You, and it, that was the sexy thing I did this week. 
<laughs> that sounds very sexy, and I wish I was there. Yeah. Um. Sex news. Sex news. Sex news. Sex news. Sex news. Every day there's a new dating app that I don't even care to, like, find out what it's for because they think I'm just good with Bumble and Hinge for now, but, oh, and Ship, Betch's new app. Have you seen that? Yeah, I think you invited me to it. Yeah. But then you never... I didn't what? You never matched anyone for me. Oh, no, I invited you to my crew and then you had to invite me to yours. Gotcha. Yeah, and then we can swipe for each other. I deleted it. Um, but yeah, I feel like everyone on there is fake, and yeah, and they're all seventy miles away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there is this new app, Jowomo. Jowomo. I don't know what the fuck it is, but the important thing is that they conducted a quote research study unquote, aka they sent out a survey um, to like I don't know a thousand or so participants. And they asked if um, partners would watch porn with their partner, or people with their partners, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So 50% of women in the U.S. said that they would, and 63% of men said they would. Um, I don't know what I really think about those numbers. I think I'm surprised that so many women would, and a little surprised that not more men don't want to. Yeah, I mean, 63% is kind of high. I feel like... The only times I've watched porn with a partner, it's been to see what they're interested in, you know? It's like, what's your favorite porn video? Oh, yeah. And then they show me, and I'm like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what's the weirdest thing that, like, someone has shown you? I don't want to shame people. Um, Okay. (laughs) But as you know, my ex uh, was very submissive, and he had some very extreme tastes in video yeah i mean it could be shocking the first time you see something that's different yeah it was it was shocking but it was also like oh this is what you want you know Mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. this is what turns you on so that was interesting Mm -hmm. there was one guy who i respect less um who i can say what he was interested in rape oh no but i also don't really like want to stigmatize what he was into so yeah i'm not gonna talk about it it's so hard (laughs) and i'm proud of you for being so conscientious about all of that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was, I thought it was super weird, but, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking back, I think. No, but again, Miriam, it's shocking the first time you see it, and if it's not something that you are personally interested to, like, <clears throat> you are recognizing that it's okay for him to like it and for you to not be into it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just crazy shit out there. Yeah. I've seen some fucking weird shit. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say. <laughs> Have you ever watched porn with a partner? Um, yeah, and I think it was under the same context, just like, oh, what are you into? And I, I don't like doing it. It doesn't, like, get me off. I think the first time it was because the guy, like, thought it would, it's, like, a fun, kinky thing to do. Mm. But I don't think either of us were really into it. And then we start hooking up and then put, like, the um, the porn on the, t- on the laptop, like, <laughs> down. And, like, what's the point? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think, for me, at least, it's more about what do you like? Let's see what you like. Yeah. Rather than this is a tool and... Yeah. For me. I want to start doing that more often. Um, yeah. How you use it. Well, because I think it just 
to show someone your favorite porn video is definitely very intimate because yeah I showed my ex my favorite one yeah you have to yeah I found that one um when I was like 13 (laughs) (laughs) and it's still you can still find it yeah dude I can't find my because it's with Brie Olsen and Sasha Gray and they're like two of the Mm. big well they were really big back in 2008 I guess so Brie Olsen doesn't perform anymore I think that Sasha does um yeah. All right. News item number two. Yeah. Let me take it away. All right. Um, Colorado. Colorado. Is passing a sex education bill. It hasn't fully passed yet, but it went through one of the houses. I forgot what it was. Uh-huh. Sorry, guys. But it is a sex education bill that um, is banning abstinence-only sex education. <gasps> yeah. Uh, requires talks of consent. Um, requires inclusion of LGBTQ experiences. And banning the push of religious ideals in sex ed. So it's not going to require for sex ed to be taught in schools, but at public and charter schools, if you're teaching sex ed, you have to follow these guidelines. Amazing. Yeah. So it's not as comprehensive as the California one, which I didn't look into, but it's comprehensive. And on that note, only 11 fucking states in this country, it might be 13, but I'm pretty sure it's 11, require you to uh, give medically accurate information. In sex ed. Yeah. It's 13. Okay. Yeah. More than 11, so that's I know, but you, you said 10, 13, so. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I it's know. pretty fucked up. It's fucked. Um, when Mean Girls was made, at the time, <coughs> Illinois wasn't one of the states that required um, sex ed to be medically accurate, so when Coach Carr is like, if you get a, if you have sex, you'll get pregnant and die, Yeah, whatever he says, like, those teachers probably were saying that. Yeah, people, <laughs> they say that. They say the only way to prevent a pregnancy is to not have sex, which is false. Because yeah. I've had a lot of sex and I've never been pregnant. Ooh, nice. No, no shame if you have been, but, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, no shame. I'm proud. Cool. And um, I'm, like, too conscientious. <laughs> yeah. I like that, though. I'm glad. Um... Okay, this is this is a fun one. This study I found um, is the first study to have an emoji in its title. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's 2019. Exploring. Oh, are you fluent in sexual emoji? Emoji winky face. Exploring the use of emoji in romantic and sexual contexts. Um, so the researchers wanted to see... Um, how emoji use and sexual behavior is correlated. Um, And they found that 52% of emoji use led to sexually suggestive behavior. So then they wanted to see which emojis specifically um, were used most in a sexual way. And in the objects, it was the tongue, eggplant, and sweat droplets. Hell yeah. And then also... What about um, the peach? The peach and the taco were also used. The taco? Yeah. I I had had no idea. Never used the taco. They explained (laughs) in the second, like right below, they were like, for uh, millennials, you probably don't need to read this, but for anyone older, like a taco means vagina and a peach means a butt. And I was like, ew, I don't want to refer to my vagina as a taco. Yeah, that's so gross. It's like meat and (laughs) lettuce falling out. Um, and so they also found from their sample um, that people who used emojis were, sexual emojis I mean, were more likely to be extroverted and to have more casual partners. Um, that makes sense. Like, yeah. you're experienced, so you know how to use an emoji. 
never use a taco emoji. <laughs> if someone never. used a taco emoji on me, I would stop texting them. <laughs> I've never gotten that either. Yeah. I can't, but it... People around, use it. Yeah, but wherever they, like, got these... Um, yeah, I use emojis all the time. Especially the droplets and the yeah. smirky face. Yeah. And the peach. Um, I use them too, for sure. Oh, the blowing kiss face. I never use that in I like a sexual that. way. You do? I guess I use that with like people that I'm dating more seriously. Uh-huh. I probably wouldn't do a blowy kiss face to like be like you want to fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah be more likely i use the the droplets a lot yeah yeah, yeah. to like anything yeah <laughs> cool all right news okay. item number four. four yeah round four we should yeah. keep track <laughs> <laughs> um so in Ty- taiwan has proposed asia's the entire continent of Asia's first same-sex marriage law. Wow. It hasn't passed yet. Um, basically, last year, there was a referendum, and a lot of people, the majority, said they were anti-same-sex marriage. Mm. Um, but there was also a the Constitutional Court of Taiwan voted to legalize marriage um, in 2017, and it said that Taiwan has until 2019 to make it happen. Mm. Make that so, shit happen. Yeah, so Taiwan is... Like, they have draft legislation that will grant similar legal protections to same-sex couples as to Mm -hmm. hetero, but it's a different piece of legislation than what lets hetero people get married, even though I don't even know if that's legislation. But basically they're saying that it's really discriminatory because separate is never equal, and they're making a separate law. Um, But then some people are saying, take what you can get, which is bullshit. Uh, People in Taiwan should be able to get married, just like people everywhere else in the world. Um, but Asia in general, there's a lot of uh, homophobia. I believe it was Malaysia where you could get killed for. I, I'm going to fact check that. Yeah. Yeah. Fact check. Yeah. Fact check that shit. So um, that's kind of a bummer piece of news, but kind I of. I had no idea that Asian countries were so homophobic. Well, it was weird because I lived in Thailand, and in Thailand, pe- people were really open about being trans. Mm-hmm. And being gay, like, there were politicians who were known to be gay, but the thing was that you just don't talk about it. It's mm-hmm. like, we know he's gay, but we're not going to, he's not going to talk about it, and we're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, in that way, it's kind of an erasure yeah. of that identity. Um, and the even with, men. even with like, they had these things, Tom and D, so a lesbian couple, one of them has to be, like, the boy and have a butch haircut, and then what one the of them's fuck? the girl. But, and I mean, this is just what I saw. I didn't often see two queer women who were both very feminine. It was wow. often one was, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. It's complicated. Damn. Oh. I know. Why do people have to be so weird about stuff? You right? know? Just like, <laughs> don't worry about me. I won't worry about you. Except in the sense that we all should be worrying about each other and like, everyone should have the same rights. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, who gives a fuck who you're fucking? So, Perverts. a bummer piece of news there. Yeah, well, I got another bummer number <laughs> five. <laughs> <laughs> Bangladesh blocked 20,000 porn websites. Holy shit. Yeah. America 20, is the land of the free because we have porn. <laughs> um, yeah, so they, they have a war on porn. They just declared. Fuck. 
I think they're president. So they have a, Bangladesh has a population of 165 million people and 90 million use porn. Like, yeah. good for them, as they should. Um, so what they're doing right now is, as a loophole around it, they can use virtual private networks or mirror websites. And or I VPNs. actually, I guess so. I do not know what a mirror website is. I guess... I don't know what a mirror website is. I'm guessing it would be something that has a different URL, but contains all the things. Okay. I'm in tech. I should know what a mirror website yeah. is. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll fact check this shit. Yeah. Anyway, that, that sucks. I mean, a VPN, you could use that in any country to skirt any of their laws. Like when I was in Thailand, I put a VPN in the US so that I could watch Netflix. So what's the problem in doing it? Why doesn't everyone use it? Um, you get hacked? I mean, you're just not following the law, so if you get caught... <laughs> <laughs> it's just illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. The internet's so confusing. It's really hard to have a law, because if you're in one country, and you have one law in that country, and your website is based in a different country, but you're serving people in that country, uh-huh. do you have to follow their laws, oh or do God. you follow your laws? This is so overwhelming. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> cool. Um... <laughs> And one more thing, this wasn't, this was, I guess, kind of, it was an article, um, but I more wanted to talk about it because of what the article was talking about, which I guess is true of all my articles that I've talked about, but Pen15, there was this article that was just talking about how uh, Pen15 is really the first honest portrayal of teen girl sexuality um, and masturbation. You know, you always see in TV shows and movies, boys masturbating. It totally is. The sock and all that stuff. But you never see that with women, with girls. And Pen15 is this amazing show on Hulu that talks about being in middle school. And it's so real. It's so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. I think every woman needs to see it and every girl. Mm, It's like... I would, I, w- I would show it to my 13-year-old daughter, my 12-year-old daughter. I feel like, yeah, but you might not appreciate it as much until you're out of yeah. <laughs> that phase yeah. in your life. But I wish that I knew that everyone else was going through the same shit as me because everyone was pretending like they didn't watch porn and I felt like it was this horrible secret yeah. that I had that like maybe the boys would think it's cool that I watch porn, but then the girls would judge me. That's how I felt more than like the boys judging me. yeah. So, I, my friends, one, my, like, one of my best friends in middle school, and I hope she's listening right now, but she and I, and all of our other friends, we, we were, like, obsessed with sex, but especially she and I, we were really obsessed, we talked about it all the time, you know, <laughs> like, and we didn't know what it was, but we were like, I want to lose my virginity and stuff. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? Like, 13, 12, 13, <laughs> you know, like, we didn't know what it meant, but, um, yeah, and we would both talk about, like, how we masturbated, like, I think one time, I'm sorry, I, I feel like people are going to know who I'm talking about, but I have to tell this story. She, like, masturbated with her cell phone because it vibrated. <laughs> but I, just to even out the playing field, I ha- I did masturbate with a cucumber once. So oh, wow. I felt really bad about it, and I what? threw it out. Because oh. it felt like a waste of oh, yeah, produce. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could have washed it and then peeled the skin. I couldn't do that to my family. It's like... <laughs> Um, that's all the news that we have. Oh, oh I was we're doing like a... A drum roll? Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> I feel like this isn't a drum roll worthy moment. Oh. Why? Why is it not? Our study? Yeah, our study. I think it's a drum worthy moment. What is our topic of the week? Oh. 
polyamory. Yes. <laughs> First off, before we get into it, what is the difference between polyamory and polygamy? Um, polygamy is marriage. Yeah. Um, so that means you're married to a bunch of people. And isn't it the the man is married be to both, a bunch of women? But usually it is. Because I got polyandry. I don't know what polyandry like, is. That's like when the woman is... Oh, the reverse, yeah. I think. I think polygamy is for both. Yeah. yeah. Or like in ver- common vernacular. Yeah. When you marry. Yeah, and then term. polyamory is when you just like date a bunch of people. Yeah, when you're in relationships with a bunch of people. And there's a difference between polyamory and consensual non-monogamy. Yeah. Consensual, consensual non-monogamy is like an umbrella term that encompasses polyamory but also encompasses open relationships and swingers Mm -hmm. um whereas polyamory is just one person who has relationships with other people with more than one person at the same time and everyone's cool with it yeah or they can you can have like a through a thruple or a quadruple or like Mm, where everyone's dating each other everybody could yeah you can have so many different shapes like you and I could be dating, and I could be dating another girl, but you're not dating that girl. Mm-hmm. Or we are all, or then we're all dating each other, and then I have a boyfriend on the side who's not dating any of you. Yeah. yeah. There's all, like, infinite combinations yeah. of how it works. Pretty cray-cray. Yeah. And this episode, we're doing something a little different. Uh, usually, we each read a study and talk about it, but this time, we're just going to talk about one study to save time for an interview with a real-life polyamorous person. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. Well, maybe we should ask if people have any questions. Yeah, on our Instagram. Yeah, okay. Let's do that. No, we're going to do that. Hopefully you guys sent in some good questions. Yeah, we have 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> uh, all right, so tell us about this study that you found. Yeah, so, well, you found it. Oh, I found it, yeah, but Miriam um, read it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the study was a demographic comparison of American individuals in polyamorous and monogamous relationships. Ooh, I'm glad I picked it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so as I mentioned, polyamory is the practice of having multiple emotionally close relationships that may or may not be sexual in nature with the consent of everyone involved. And it was formally recognized as a form of relationship in the 1990s. So that's kind of crazy, right? If you're in a polyamorous relationship, but it's not even recognized by whoever recognizes relationships. (laughs) Might be. Um, So... As mentioned, consensual non-monogamy encompasses polyamory, and a lot of stu- there have been a lot of studies on consensual non-monogamy, but this study specifically focused on polyamory versus monogamy. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had two online samples. One was aimed specifically at polyamorous people, and one was aimed specifically at monogamous people. Um, and they got 2,428 poly participants and 539 monogamous participants. And there was a bunch of crazy demographic results it might be kind of long. We can cut out the boring parts later. <laughs> All right, well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, so there was no significant difference in mean age. Okay. So age is the same. Uh, in terms of gender identity, there was a significant difference. So more participants in monogamous relationships identified as female. Mm. Um, there was no difference in males. Um, but more poly participants indicated gender as trans or other. And in other, they would say the most common response was genderqueer. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, that was me turning the page. Maybe they're like, we're already queer, so fuck it, we're just gonna 
do whatever, like, what we want, and maybe heterosexual people, or cisgendered people are more, more, like, less about breaking norms. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that actually is a common theme in this study, where uh, people in poly relationships are more likely to select other. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were saying it's because they reject uh, and deviate from traditional group labels. Oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, so... Again, with sexual orientation, there were more heterosexual people in monogamous relationships. Interestingly, there was no difference in gay or lesbian relationships in monogamous or polyamorous couplings. Mm -hmm. Just because that was interesting to me because um, I always think of, especially gay men, a lot of gay men I know are more cool with open relationships, but I guess an open relationship isn't the same thing as a poly Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but the, the biggest difference was that people in poly relationships were more likely to be bi or pansexual. Which also makes sense to me. If you're attracted to multiple genders, you probably won't feel as fulfilled if you're only dating one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of education, interestingly, people in monogamous relationships were more likely to have a bachelor's degree than Mm. people in poly relationships. Um, In terms of religion, Christians were more likely to be monogamous. Mm. Um, And in general, that was the strongest association between religion and relationship type. Or... The association between religion and relationship type was the strongest among all the demographic factors because Christianity so preaches this uh, certain way of living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, poly people were more likely to choose other for religion and less likely to be agnostic, but more likely to be atheists. Oh, they don't even a little bit believe in God. <laughs> Maybe. Um, or, but they also did choose other, so sometimes it was a religion that just isn't part of the standard course um there were no muslims in poly relationships Hmm. though there were just not a lot of muslims represented in the study so that might have just been a sample size thing as far as politics go there were lots of democrats in general Mm -hmm. um but monogamous relationships had more democrats than poly relationships Mm -hmm. there were more republicans in monogamous relationships yeah but polyamorous people were more likely to go for smaller parties or select other. Like, the Green Party was really popular among poly people. That makes sense. Um, some people said they were anarchists, which I thought was oh. cool. Uh, and as far as income goes, poly people have are in a lower income bracket. Occupation-wise, poly people are more likely to say other or be in infotech, weirdly enough. Um, I guess <laughs> tech is more a more progressive field. Um, and then people in monogamous relationships were more likely to be in education. Uh, as far as marriage goes, both groups didn't differ much in marriage, but poly people were more likely to be in a civil union, which makes sense because they want to signify their commitment in a way, but maybe don't want to, they reject standard norms and want to try something different. Poly people were more likely to be divorced, which also makes sense because they just have more relationships. And when you have more relationships, they're more likely to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> And finally, children, there was no significant difference. Um, But as I said, poly people in general are just more likely to select other. Uh, Like, (laughs) this was funny. Um, For race, a lot of poly people said other and then wrote race is a social construct. (laughs) Like, more than one person said that. Um, Oh, and poly people are more likely to be multi-ethnic. Very cool. Yeah, poly people be rejecting norms. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They're so Mm self-actualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to Emma. Yeah, I'm glad we know all this all this information. Yeah, I'm not cutting any of it. From... Word. Yeah. 
And here she is. <laughs> Hi, I'm a real life polyamorous person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you all submitted your questions to Horgasmic and to SMH Pod, and we're just going to have a little conversation about what it's like to be poly because we're both monogamous, mm-hmm. Ariella and I, so we yes. don't have that knowledge. Oh, and important to note, Emma uh, made our intro song, which is fucking yes. awesome. So now you're going to hear her voice <laughs> again, but um and in Emma <laughs> like <laughs> doesn't speak for everyone who is poly. She just speaks for her. Very Yeah, true. so keep that in mind. This doesn't apply to all relationships. Um, okay, so Emma, can you tell us what your current relationship is right now? Yeah, so I'm currently in a couple of relationships, um, seeing a couple of people, people who are like partners and some people who I see a little bit less regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what's less regularly? Like how many times per month would you say? Uh, it depends. So like the people that I see the most often, I probably see like once a week, once every two weeks. Cause I'm busy. Can I say bitch? Yeah. I'm a yeah. busy bitch. Incredible. Um, yeah. So it just really depends on like the person and some of like some of my partners, we don't like call each other partners. I just like see certain people a little bit more casually than others. Some people like I'm in love with and have very serious stuff with. So it just kind of depends. Wait, so the people who you are in love with, are mm-hmm. you saying that you see them once or twice every week? Or more frequently? Probably like once a week. Once a week, yeah. okay. And then the ones who you're not super close with, you see like a couple times a month. Yeah, and it's also a little complicated because the people that I'm seeing right now, like the most seriously, none of them live in the city. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that makes it especially complicated. So one of my partners lives in New Hampshire, and the other two that are sort of more serious live in Westchester. And there's some people kind of scattered about the city. Wow, but that are got hoes and area codes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and when did you start all of these different relationships? Um, so I've been dating my boyfriend for now three years. Um, and we started out being open, sort of like when our relationship began in college. And then in September, actually, we were like, wait, why don't we try being poly? And sort of the way that it happened was like I'd been in open relationships that had been open and closed and a lot of different stuff throughout college. Mm-hmm. And I was always super unhappy when they were closed and always trying to open up every relationship I was in and like trying to like negotiate it with the person I was with and make sure they were down for it and then kind of figure it out as we went along. But then I sort of realized um, for my birthday, my boyfriend bought me The Ethical Slut. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you should read this. I think this would be interesting. And then I was like, babe, I think we're already doing this. And he was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, so we're poly. And he was like, yeah. Um, so it was a good conversation because he'd been seeing someone sort of seriously at school. And I was, like, just starting to see someone I was really into. And I was, like, before I'd just been casual with people. I was, like, oh, fuck, what do I do now? I don't know. Like, what does this mean? Because before it was, like, we were ethically non-monogamous and open. So, like, I could see people, but I tried not to get it, like, to make it serious with anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when that shifted, I opened myself up to a world of opportunities. (laughs) (laughs) So that's something for me. I've only ever loved one person. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, I felt like it was an all-consuming type of experience. So how do you feel infatuation towards someone, but then Mm. still feel love towards another person? I don't know. I feel like I've just kind of always known that I could love more than one person at once. And also that, like, the feelings that I have of love are completely different on, like, with each person that I feel those feelings towards. And sometimes it is infatuation, and sometimes it's, like, a little bit difficult to sort of juggle all of them. I'm like, I feel a lot of love for a lot of people at once. And it can be a little overwhelming. It definitely takes 
I think maybe like more work than the average monogamous relationship would. Mm-hmm. Just like balancing that, that when you love a lot of people, it can be really overwhelming. And I think like coming to terms with the fact that my love for each person is really different and is just based on who they are as a person and not what I want from them has been really like eye opening. And so is everyone that you're, or all the people that you're in relationships right now, are they kind of similar? Or like, do you have <clears throat> different types? Totally different types. Yeah. And so that kind of creates a different sort of love for each person, like you were just saying. I feel like the one, like, common thread is that everyone that I'm seeing is, like, really open and either is not, like, maybe not a naturally good communicator, but tries really hard. Mm. And, like, I don't feel like I'm the best communicator naturally either, but I'm trying really hard. And I think that's sort of what links everyone that I'm seeing, like, kindness, openness, and, like, a desire to communicate well. It's, like, the most important thing in being Mm -hmm. in a polyamorous relationship, because if there's no communication, like... How the fuck is that going to work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, someone's going to be really hurt and, like, yeah. understandably hurt. Yeah. I feel like that's true of monogamous relationships, too, yeah. though, mm-hmm. you know? you got to communicate in all of your relationships. But I can see it being more important or more dire, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that was dire. Wait, and also, um, are, you, are you in a relationship with everyone separately, or is or is anyone that you are in a relationship with also in a relationship with another partner? So everyone is separate. Okay. Which is not, like, definitely, like, I don't think that's probably how I want to do it forever. Because mm-hmm. um, I've just started doing this, like, in September, so I think I'm still sort of new at it. So I think right now all of the relationships are sort of, like, separate from one another and individual. But I could definitely, like, see that changing in the future or, like, see me wanting that in the future. With your current partners or in new relationships? I don't know. I feel like once you're sort of in a relationship, it can be a little bit difficult to sort of change the composition of it, but, like, that is what polyamory is, so maybe. I don't know. Would you want to introduce any of your current partners to each other, or is it something, like, you want them to not really know each other? I think I would really love them to, like, to be friends, and some of them, like, have met and really like each other, and Mm -hmm. it's really lovely. Okay, so your boyfriend, you've been with him for the longest, Mm -hmm. but... Is he your your primary? You- so this was actually a, a big thing that I was like struggling with when I first like just we decided we would be poly and I was trying to understand what it meant. And his feeling was like, that's an unfair categorization. It doesn't give you the opportunity to be in a relationship with someone and like let it grow naturally because there's always this other person who's going to be more important. For a while, I really struggled with it because I'm like, well, I've been dating you the longest. It just feels natural. But then the more I thought about it, like I kind of do agree that putting those like labels and hierarchies just make the relationships with other people feel a little bit less genuine. Mm -hmm. So like I try to be pretty clear, like I do have a a pretty long term partner and we've talked about the future together and possibly moving in together. But that doesn't change, like, the way that I want to, like, interact and grow with you, too. Is everyone who's in a relationship with you right now, do they also consider themselves polyamorous? I would say the three people that I'm seeing the most seriously right now do. And then there's some other people that I, like, some people I see, like, really occasionally, a couple times a year, and we text. Um, and But everyone who I, like, see is comfortable with it. Not everyone identifies with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And yeah. how do you bring that up when you're just starting <laughs> to date someone? Sometimes really poorly. (laughs) Like, so on Tinder, which is great, love me some Tinder, I, like, say that I'm poly. Mm. Just because I'm like, let's get it out there. So anyone sort of knows that going in. But, like, when I meet someone in life, like, it's a little bit harder. And there's been times where, like, I realize after first date, like, oh, my God, I never mentioned it. And it's totally an oversight. Like, I want to mention it on the first date with everyone. 
And so there's been a couple of times where I'm, I, like, text the person, and I'm like, hey, I really like you, and this is really fun, and I'm so sorry. I totally forgot to mention this, like, really big deal <laughs> thing. I'm like, I totally understand if you don't want to see me again. I really enjoyed getting to know you and, like, would love to talk more about this identity and, like, how it makes you feel. And how yeah. have people reacted to that? Actually, really positively. Cool. Yeah. I think that sort of messaging is it's just so clear that you're not hiding it on purpose or something like yeah. that, which would be a different Yeah, and I would situation. never want to do that. Yeah. Because that just feels so mean. Monogamy is a totally viable and good option for so many people. I don't think I'm holier than thou for being poly. I just think it really works for me. And I think maybe it works for people who don't know it would. But I also think there's lots of people who monogamy is meant for and who, mm. like, people feel secure with monogamy. I totally get it. So are you currently on dating apps? Yes, just Tinder, though. Why Tinder? I don't know. The other ones seem, like, more relationship-focused. I appreciate that I can sort of like have partners and people I see more regularly and also like I like to casually date and hook up like I'm a slut (laughs) and not every polyamorous person is a slut I just am (laughs) so it's nice to like yeah and I think a lot of like like bumble I also don't really want to message first always Mm -hmm. and I have like I'm queer and identify as bisexual meaning like into my gender and other genders and so I have like all genders on but like I do really appreciate like an out of the blue a kind of aggressive Tinder message from a man. Uh, one thing that a lot of people asked about when we put out feelers for questions was jealousy mm-hmm. and how you deal with jealousy in a poly situation. I feel like a lot of people think like, oh, if you're poly, you just, you don't get jealous. And I feel like I get jealous all the time and it's normal. Yeah, that really surprises me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what do you do when you get jealous? Okay, so this is the time when I want to just talk about the ethical slut one more time and that everyone should read it because there's a whole chapter on jealousy. And I think it applies not only to people who are in non-monogamous relationships, poly relationships, it's just really useful. Like, the idea being that, like, if you feel jealous, you should try to sit in your jealousy a little bit. Mm. And, like, if you want to tell your partner about it, be like, hey, you're going on a date with someone tonight, and I feel a little bit uncomfortable with it, a little bit jealous. But that doesn't mean I don't want you to go. Like, I'm not saying this passive-aggressively. It's just that I want you to know how I'm feeling, and I'm going to see how I react to it in a couple of days. Okay. And it's helped me a lot, because there were times, like especially in college when I was open with my boyfriend where he would have like dates lined up for nights. And he, at that time too, I feel like was getting a lot more like action than I was. Mm. So me sort of being like, you're going to go out on a date. And the reason that I'm jealous is because we don't get to hang out tonight, but tomorrow I'm probably going to feel fine about it. And then sometimes the next day I felt kind of weird about it, especially because at that point we weren't poly. So I was always worried like, what if they fall in love? (laughs) What will I do? Um, But like, I think that sitting in with the jealousy and like, um, Janet, what is her name? Janet Hardy? The woman, one of the women who co-authored, um, Ethical Slut talks about what she does when she's feeling really jealous. She likes to, like, do home improvement projects and get really sweaty. And I feel like that's a great option, too. Like, <laughs> I like to, like, write kind of some sad songs and then go to sleep and then wake up the next day and, like, do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear your sad jealousy songs. Oh my god, I have so many. <laughs> And I feel like jealousy is normal in all relationships, or at least all romantic ones, but I've even felt jealousy in my friendships. I think just sometimes we're, you know, capitalist culture, individualistic, like I'm, I need to be number one in your Mm -hmm. eyes. But I think, I don't know, when my ex used to tell me he would get jealous, it kind of got me excited because it meant that he has feelings for me. Oh yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But I guess it was different because he was the only person. And so I could be like, no, 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 you're the only one. Whereas with Polly, you wouldn't, that wouldn't be what you would say. But 
I feel like that's a lame explanation anyway. I feel like it might be better to say, no, 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 I love you too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I can totally understand, though, the, like, excitement of someone being like, I care a lot about you. And that, in one way, someone can say that is like, I'm jealous because I know someone else, like, like, the idea of someone else having you is, like, such a horrible thing to think about because I love you so much. And, like, yeah. I think that can be said even in a polyamorous relationship. So, like, with anniversaries or like valentine's day like sort of stuff like that do you kind of default to your boyfriend or i mean your longest relationship yeah. boyfriend or how does that work that's a good question um it's actually i kind of ran into that this year a little bit where like other people i were seeing i had plans with for valentine's day times like not the day of because it was like a thursday mm-hmm. and then my boyfriend was like oh my god i just got a ride to come visit you this weekend can i come and i was like well, of course, especially because he's like the, he's the one in New Hampshire and is the farthest away. Mm-hmm. And then canceled the plans with other people, and it was actually really complicated and upsetting for them, which I totally mm-hmm. understand. So mm-hmm. I think like that's something that I really want to work more at being clear about, because then it may, really creates this divide of like, no, that's my primary, so I do this. But it's also like it's someone I've been dating the longest, and who I have Valentine's Day history with, and who lives really far away, and who like rarely visits. Mm. So it's like a much more complicated yeah, thing. Yeah, you had to make a hard decision, and mm-hmm. I think it was the right one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so in, this doesn't really affect you because everyone's all over the place, but mm-hmm. I think a question that we got was like, how do you figure out sex? Like, do you schedule it out, or like, what happens? Mm. I guess this is really a lucky or an easier thing because my partner sort of live a little bit farther away. Mm-hmm. The people that I'm the closest with, but like otherwise, um, it just sort of depends. Like if I'm seeing someone who I've been dating, we probably will end up having sex mm-hmm. and that's the time that it's scheduled. Or like if I just like really kind of want casual sex and do something kind of anonymous that happens too, mm-hmm. but I don't tell partners about it beforehand. I usually talk about it afterwards. Oh. Like oh. sort of like a rundown. I'll be like, Hey, just so you know, this happened last night. And it's not always even the next day. And it's it's actually something I haven't talked about with my partners, but we all sort of, everyone that I'm with has done the same thing, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice, where it's like we we talk and they're like, oh yeah, and I had this thing happen last week and this thing, and I'm like, ooh, amazing. I had this thing and this thing. We kind of like oh, check in with like each other about catching it. catching up with your friend. Mm-hmm. Because there's no, like, you don't need to confess to them that you're, or like check with them that it's okay to go and have sex with someone else because you're allowed to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. And I think also sometimes, like, some partners, like, do have some sort of rules about it, like, or, like, this might make me feel a little bit uncomfortable if you do this. So, like, if I know it's sort of a situation that might make them feel a little bit weird, I'll let them know beforehand. Be like, hey, I'm kind of interested in this person. How do you feel about it? Especially if it's someone, like, we both know. Mm. Uh That's the kind of situation in which I would bring it up. But otherwise, like, the boundaries that I have set in my relationships make it sort of easy to have those, like, nice sort of spontaneous things, which is one of the reasons I like being poly. Mm. Or... I guess that's less with being polyamorous because that's more about like loving many people, and this is more about just being ethically non-monogamous. Like I like to hook up with people sometimes who aren't my partners and who probably will never be my partners. Like, and I like having that opportunity to do that. And so you establish those rules or those boundaries with your each new partner. You'll tell them these are the things that are important to me. What's important to you? Like, how do you establish what's allowed and what's not? That's a really good question. And I think sometimes in the past I haven't been clear enough. Mm-hmm. I'll just sort of be like, yeah, I'm Polly and I like to like hook up with other people sometimes. And I also like see some other people too that are like a little bit more serious. And like I'll usually tell my partner that and then be like, what about you? But I think sometimes like 
we figure out boundaries as they come up. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you said you started being polyamorous in September mm-hmm. of see oh this September of 2018. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you tell your parents? So I told my mom because we were out with someone that I was seeing, and I was like, I'm bringing my friend. And she was like, cool, great. And then um, she was like, Emma, your friend is cute. And I was like, we're not really friends. <laughs> she was like, what do you mean? And she was, like, so surprised. And it took her, like, a little time. And then I sort of told her about some of the other people that I was seeing. And, like, she was, like, sort of jealous. Ah. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, I wish I had been that adventurous in my youth. And I was like, oh, yeah. Which is, like, it was nice. I mean, like, I'm glad I gave her some time to think about it, too. Because I feel like people's first reactions to it are not always positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what hers would have been. But it was nice to, like... But I haven't told anyone else in my family. Like, my dad doesn't know. Even though I think maybe he would be okay with it. I'm just not sure. And it's also tough because, like, my entire family knows my boyfriend. Like, he's come to lots of events. And, like, Mm. he's visited my family who live in other parts of the the country. And, like, Mm -hmm. so I think it might just, like, confuse them a lot. But my mom's cool with it. And, like, my cousins. Some of my cousins know. Would you ever want to bring your other partners to family events? Hmm. Yeah, but I don't know if I could call them my partners. Mm. I'm not sure I could. Because you don't want to out, out yourself. I use quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and even, like, my girlfriend met my parents, and I talked to her before, and I was like, I really want you to meet them, and, like, my mom knows that we're seeing each other, but I'm not going to call you my girlfriend in front of them. Is that okay? Mm. And she was like, yeah, I totally understand. And, like, with her parents, too, like, her mom knows. And her dad doesn't. Oh, that's and like, <laughs> moms. Shout out to mom. So being Jewish, I'm mm-hmm. wondering if religion matters to you. Um, if you're... <laughs> I mean, there's a Are lot you of... a good Jew or a bad Jew? <laughs> I'm glad I'm in a safe space uh, room with Jewesses. <laughs> like, my mom really wants my three brothers to marry Jewish women mm. because the baby is only Jewish, well, like, you know, through Jewish law, if the mother is Jewish, um, but you being a woman, like, does that even matter, and do you care if your partners are Jewish or not? So right now, like, one of my partners, and someone I really have a crush on, and I think actually, yeah, someone else who I'm sort of seeing are Jewish, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm sort of lucky in that, like, I have the kind of Jewish family that, especially, like, my dad's side, that are, like, a little waspy. Waspy Jewish. <laughs> so, like, they've all married... I mean, that's not true. Some of them married non, non-Jews. And some people date non-Jews. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I've got some non-Jews in my family. Some of them converted, actually, so... <laughs> I think, yeah, some of, some of the ones in my family have also converted. But, like, it's sort of a little more normalized in my family. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think my parents have sort of come to terms with it. Um, because the people that I've dated most seriously that they know about, none of them have been Jewish. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's sort of okay. At least, like, right now the only thing that my mom seems to care about is, like, my potential to have babies. <laughs> so, like, it's all good. <laughs> they just want grandkids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, thanks for dinner, mom. And she'll be like, you're welcome. Like, pay me back with babies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, um, do you see yourself as always... And I know that you just started doing this in September, so obviously you don't need to have a plan for how your life's going to pan out. But um, is this something you just want to do for the rest of your life, do you think? 
it feels like I've been doing it so much longer, which is why, like, on my walk over here, I was like, I should know when I started doing this. And I was like, it's only been, like, five months, six months? That's crazy. I want to do it forever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, even if I, like, ended up doing sort of, like, the normative thing, if I end up, like, getting married to a person or having kids, like, I still want to have other partners. And mm. I also, like, believe in the power of, like, co-parenting and partners helping to shape a kid into, like, becoming a really, like, smart and interesting person. Yeah. And, like, that's that's another thing I love about The Ethical Slut is it's written by, like, two older women who, like, have been, like, polyamorous or non-monogamous for a really long time. And so they've, like, gone through, like, what it's like to raise kids with lots of adults in their lives to, like, help shape them into being good people. And I, I like yeah. that. Do all of your partners fulfill different needs? Yeah, I'm actually really glad that you just brought that up because, like, oh, that's the thing I want to talk about. Like, (laughs) I think one of the nicest things about it is, like, I don't really expect everything from one person, Mm -hmm. which also means, like, their time Mm -hmm. um, or, like, who they are. Like, I date people who have, like, really different personalities and sometimes, like, really know how to, like, like, if I need to talk to someone about something. Yeah, that's how you say it. Someone about. If I need to talk about something to someone. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I, like, kind of know, like, oh, this partner is a really good person to talk to about Mm. this thing and I feel like there's also like just way fewer expectations from what a person can offer because I don't expect them to offer everything I'm Mm. like if we don't really seem like maybe we're like gonna grow the same way in the future forever and make babies together and like get buried in plots next to one another that's like (laughs) fine yeah (laughs) like I just like I'm enjoying dating you right now and like who you are as a person and like the ways that I think some of my partners let me grow because if I were monogamous I would be like, oh, well, they don't fulfill everything, so this is not going to work out in the future. Mm -hmm. As opposed to now being like, this person is incredible, and we have a lot of things in common. A lot of things not in common. Mm -hmm. And I want to date them anyways, because I want to learn from them. And that's, I think, a big difference. That I'm, like, learning a lot from my partners. Yeah. Yeah, because as a monogamous person, when I date someone, it is like, if I date this person, it's the person I'm... I hope it's the person I'm going to want to marry, and why would I date them if I don't want to marry them at one point? It's a waste mm-hmm. of my you time. You break up with them or you marry them. Yeah, which yeah. is just so stressful. I'm like, how can I make a life commitment at this age? And mm-hmm. um, I'm very interested in polyamory. Like, I, I think about it a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh, I don't I know. you doing it. Yeah. Who knows? You do. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's one other misconception. Like, I think a lot of people, like, think, oh, someone's poly, and then when they find the right person they'll become monogamous. They'll figure it out. Mm. And it's all just because they haven't found the right person yet. And I feel like that's so untrue. And maybe that's true for some people and totally valid, but, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's not what polyamory is about. Just, like, waiting for the one, and then you're like, goodbye, other partners. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and probably all your other partners, too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to, like, learn how all these other people, how a-, a bunch of people like sex. Yeah. So you're having different sex all the time? Question mark. <laughs> yes. I feel like I have my style too, mm-hmm. and I feel like my style. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Is it rough? Um, it depends on the person. I feel like my the like the people that I see the most, my like most often, the partners I see the most often, mm-hmm. it's more on the vanilla side, and then with people I see like more casually, it's a little kinkier. Mm. Yeah interesting because mm-hmm. so I think it's just like 
sometimes I get into the like making love thing with the people that I really uh, love yeah, where I'm like this yeah. is amazing I'm like oh soft and sweet and great and then I'm like with someone new and I'm like beat me the fuck up I'm like even though I could ask a partner I feel like I just like sometimes it's hard for me to break that barrier where it's like this is so loving and now punch me in the face and like and it could be like a little bit of kink but like the kinkiest experiences I have overall are with people I don't know as well usually uh-huh. okay. that are like kink kinky throughout instead of like quick amounts of kink then switching and then like right you know vanilla sex yeah do you have a safe word um no okay. i don't think i get like that intense with it i'll just be like stop <laughs> <laughs> i also don't but i like say it's pineapple but it's not Oh, okay. You made a you, you made a post about this, and I was like, mine has always been pineapple. Yeah, it's too. everyone's. I don't yeah, know. what is it from? I don't know. I looked it up, and I couldn't find it. If everyone anyone knows, everyone's is pineapple. <laughs> oh my god! And I was talking to my friend. She was like, mine is pineapple too. Like who? <laughs> oh my god! I think it has to do with pineapples um, being associated with like better tasting cum. Oh yeah, um, it's like a sexual. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. strawberries are also cherries. Do you want to drop any of your handles uh, yeah. for your website? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Um, on Instagram, I'm young Emma B, but like young without the O. Like I'm a wannabe rapper asshole. And then Emma, <laughs> like the name Emma and B, like Bumblebee. So like young Emma B. And then my website is emmablackandmusic.com where I like post music stuff and like when I'm playing shows. Um, I play in saxophone in a band and piano solo. And also like if you have other questions for me, or like obviously you're wonderful um, SMH hosts, <laughs> like, and you have one that's like basically they'll let me know. <laughs> yeah. Ask me questions. I guess. We'll I mean, put yeah. your uh, handles in the description because if I were listening to this, I'd be like, I don't know what she just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's very fair. But it seems like you're open to answering questions people might have if they want to DM you on Instagram. Definitely. To, yeah. Okay. Cool. And no question yeah. is too like stupid unless you mean it to be a mean question. In which case, don't ask it. Well, yeah. Don't fucking yeah. ask. We're gonna that. block you. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm always too out of these listeners. Like, you guys are probably incredible. Like, yeah, you just yeah. this podcast. Yeah. yeah. True. Never mind. Never mind. Okay, Emma, thank you so fucking much. This was really awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is great. This is wonderful. Okay. Our first interview. Yeah. This is a historic yeah. You got a box from Dame, right? Oh, yeah. They sent me the pawn. Ooh. And I kid you not. I'm not joking. Don't joke. I have never orgasmed so hard. Are you serious? Yeah. From the pawn? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, like, literally just sits in your hand. And it, it, it's, like, made for your palm, hence the name. But it's spelled P-O-M. And I orgasmed twice in a row. Fuck. What I liked most about it, though... Was that the battery lasted the whole time. And Important. I, yeah, and it lasted through, like, three different nights of masturbating. Wow. Right? That's a good battery. Yeah, I feel like really, really good vibrators usually die quickly. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. And... And what, you used it on your clit, or...? Yeah, just on my clit. Um, it's not really 
an internal thing, but like you cool. you can make anything internal. Yeah, you but... can fit anything inside you. Can try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I don't really like internal stimulation. Um, so you guys, if you want to come twice in a row, you should head to dameproducts.com, um, put the palm in your shopping cart, and then put in this code, SMHPOD, for 10% off. Okay, we have a question from Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Miriam is reading it. Okay, from an anonymous reader or listener. Should we give them a name? Jenny. Jenny? Sorry to the block. Yeah, I know some Jennies, but this wasn't the Jenny that I know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Obviously, or else I would have picked a different name. Okay. Um, (laughs) So Jenny says, I've been seeing a guy for a few months and things are going pretty good. Cool. He's sweet, thoughtful, makes me laugh. Aw. But I don't feel any passion. Oh. Even when we have sex, which isn't often, because he seems to have difficulty staying hard. Mm. I know he definitely has stronger feelings for me than I do for him. Mm. I know he wants to be exclusive and be boyfriend and girlfriend, but I just don't know. I've been seeing other people at the same time. He doesn't know that. I don't know what to do. Help. I feel like I've been in her shoes, like, always. And Jenny, it sounds like he's not the dude for you. Definitely. She doesn't feel that spark. Yeah, that's... Someone can be perfect on paper. They can be smart, nice, rich, hot. Those are... That's what matters to me. (laughs) 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 But if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. And that's probably why he can't get a boner when you guys are having sex. Because you're not excited. And he's, like, anxious about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it... It hurt. It, it's hard to hurt someone else's feelings. It's hard to end something. Yeah. But if you're seeing other people and he wants to be boyfriend and girlfriend, it seems like you're on different pages. Right. Well, so does it seem like he asked her to be exclusive? She says that she knows that's what he wants. Oh, okay. So then he must have brought it up. Mm-hmm. I wonder what she said to him. But Jenny, I think that you should have a conversation and be like, look, I've been seeing other people. And if this is what you if you like want to be with me I can't do that yeah I think you should shut it down you don't yeah. seem excited about him I shut mean he's down. sweet thoughtful and makes you laugh but wait a lot is of... a big thing I can see how this is hard for her yeah. um but the sex is bad like no it just yeah and you don't feel passion I mean isn't that yeah like, I think it's better to be single than to be with someone that you're not excited about. Right. If you don't feel chemistry, then no. Why would you work towards something that, like, that you never had to begin with? Yeah. And then you're just wasting your time because that's all time you could spend cultivating other relationships. Yeah. Oh, this is good advice for me to hear, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been through that. I dated a guy back in September who was so nice. He might be listening to this. He was really nice. <laughs> but I just, it it wasn't right, you know? It wasn't right for me, and so I had you to know. end it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he you. was, like, a really nice, awesome guy, and I'm sure he's going to make someone else super happy. Yeah. And he, he deserves to be with someone who's really excited about him. Yeah. Like, it's honestly unfair to be with someone who you're not yeah. excited about to them. Yeah, and that's honestly friendship-wise, too, platonically. I think a lot of people stay in friendships that they don't like anymore because they're scared to break up because that's not a thing that like society talks about society society (laughs) talks about 
Um, but you should only surround yourself with people who make you excited. Who you excitedly talk about to other people. Yeah. Yeah, like, I excitedly talk about you, Miriam. Yeah, I know, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) I'm like, oh my god, I know this girl, she's amazing. And if you're not saying that about this guy you're dating, then... Yes. Thank you, next. That's great advice from us. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, cool. That's a wrap. Again, this is our third wrap. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you meant in this episode, but you mean our third episode that we're yeah. wrapping up. Get it together, Mary. <laughs> um, it would be really cool if you guys reviewed, subscribed, and tell your friends. Rated. Yeah. Rate and review. <laughs> Only give us five star ratings. I don't want to hear anything lower. If you yeah. want to li- rate us lower than five stars, talk to us first. And tell us why you want to give us that rating. And maybe we can... We're begging for constructive criticism. Yeah. But not in our reviews. Yeah, not (laughs) publicly. (laughs) Follow our Instagram at smhpod. And email us advice questions to smhpod at gmail.com. Woohoo! All right, bye! Peace. Also, if any of the guys I met at Union Pool are listening to this right now, thanks. (laughs) Thanks.